and welcome to my podcast in Yere, all about going behind the scenes with creators and sharing life lessons. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Today, I have with me Jessica Adejobi and Oledo Okorafo, two out of seven of the Survivor Project, a charity organization providing a safe space and resources for rape and sexual assault survivors. Thank you guys so, so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Of course. Nobody really uses my full name like that. They <laughs> <laughs> just call me Ola. <laughs> okay, I'll call you Ola from now on then. So, yes, I- how was the Survivor Project born? Well, basically, um, my mom visited a sexual assault center in Nigeria and then she saw the conditions that all these girls were in. There were girls the same age as us probably around actually probably even younger mm-hmm. around like 11 even as young as eight actually to 18 and they were in this ha- like hostile type of place because they had been victims of um sexual assault within their household so then obviously they needed to seek refuge in this house that was provided for them but however the house had to close down because of lack of um interest and funding Mm-hmm. so then I yeah. was obviously really enraged by that because where would these girls go now like you know they're still suffering from this thing and it's in their household so they have nowhere else to go so I thought it would be a good idea to get these uh, girls together and then we help and fund um survivors of sexual assault in Nigeria mm-hmm. so then yeah I just went to some school friends all my school friends that I knew were Nigerian um and then Actually, we have one Ghanaian member as well, and we're going to extend to Ghana as well. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to find out who was interested in helping all these um, girls, all these survivors to, you know, overcome this with um, funding and, you know, resources and awareness and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it was also part... Oh, sorry. No, you go. Go on. <laughs> okay, yeah. It was um, for the IB, which is like, you know, um, International Baccalaureate, I think. I'm actually in the IB right now, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we have to do a project, I think, right, Jess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we um, also... The, the cast project. Mm. Yes, for our cast project, it would, be really, it would be a really good idea for us to do that. And also, like, like Jess was saying, because that house got shut down, we thought, like, we'd make it our mission to, like, help other survivors that are still seeking help type of thing because we weren't able to help those girls anymore. Mm-hmm. And I really love how you guys um, use the term survivors instead of victims. So what, what would you say encouraged you to do that? We were actually discussing that when we were coming up with the name. We were like, oh, okay, we could do victim this, victim that. But then we were, got into this discussion like, why are we calling them victims because they're stronger than that you know they've mm-hmm. overcome all this trauma so they're not actually victims they're survivors because victims pushes them in this position of like helplessness and they can't even like yes. you know overcome this so we didn't really like the term victims at all so we were like okay let's call them survivors because it's such an empowering term that you know it was just yeah. a lot better it suited us a lot better mm-hmm. I actually i watched your live with um the um the creator of Warif and oh. 
I learned, yeah. you know, how in Nigeria, particularly, the statistics show that one in four girls will experience at least one form of violent, like a violent sexual encounter, and only yes. about, you know, five percent are able to get access to the help that they need. So it's yeah. honestly so sad, and it's so common. Like the fact that it's so common is just sickening. Like, how can so many people be doing these things? Like, and I think it's the fact that they're not getting any. Um, jail time any Mm -hmm. like any type of legal punishment nobody's getting punished so people are continuing to do these things and because nobody cares about like the victims basically at the end of the day nobody really cares about the victims except for like people like us the um social media people that are like fighting for the victims the people in that area like nigerians like i don't know how to explain this but they couldn't care less like about whether these guys are getting in prison Mm-hmm. Well, let me say instead of Nigerians, let me say it like the Nigerian system, like the legal guys. Because if you have money, then you can just basically get over any charge, any you just find a lawyer, and it's really easy for them to be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, the victim is lying," which is why, like, on our page, we always, always say like, "Don't, don't say the victim is yeah. lying," because at the end of the day, there's no, there's only so much proof you can get for like these cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, because of this, like, all of the stigma around sexual assault and nobody believing the victim, like, the resources are so limited for, so limited for them, which is so sad. And we yeah. thought, like, yeah, why don't we, like, join in help in some, like, in any way we can? Because at the end of the day, we're only seven people. We have, like, a social media platform. Like, we can't really do, like, as much as we, like, want. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're talking about it, getting the message out there, like, getting people to donate to actual establishment actual establishments like the Mirabel Center (laughs) then that's like the best we can do at this point and like we've seen that unfold in real time I love how you mentioned you know as long as you have money then you can get out of any situation because we've seen that unfold especially with the the Banj case in real time like we actually and that's what's so scary like we were like front row watching the injustices happen and it's actually embarrassing. So many people were making jokes about it on Twitter, like, this isn't somebody's life. Exactly. Yeah. And it just shows that um, the hierarchy helps these things continue. Like, this whole... Um, and, like, our legal system actually needs to really fix itself because if somebody is going to um, get away with act- an actual crime just because of their privilege, then that that's not right like we actually really need to sort that out within our country so i think definitely um justice system reform in nigeria is so needed that we need to become very direct very by the book very like have an outline that goes across the board like a general rules that goes across the board that um would you call it that prevents anybody from committing any sort of crime regardless of your privilege or your status or anything mm-hmm because the examples yeah. that you're setting right now, those that's what's enabling these people to keep on doing this. Yeah. No, I and also. It's not I, just, oh, sorry. No, you go on. Go on. <laughs> sorry, it's just, and it's not just Nigeria. Like, um, we can go on and on about like how Nigeria is a lawless country, but it's not just us. Like, so many other places as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, it's the same situation. Like, somebody raped. Like. I, th- I can't remember his name exactly. You know, we don't even need to remember his useless name. But somebody <laughs> raped somebody behind like, a dumpster, right? And mm-hmm. my guy got like probation for it. Like, how I can people that. like how can you be like okay with people like this being on the street? Like, 
doesn't all boil boil your blood like it doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense why people are like okay with all of this and this is like in america mm-hmm. a supposedly developed country and like it's just so <laughs> irritating and i all i love how you brought up you know how important it is to acknowledge that the only cause of rape is a rapist because like growing up in in a very misogynistic and like patriarchal country when you know a survivor comes out with their story the first thing is to question their story and to like try and shift the blame and to start asking those questions like oh but what was she wearing oh but you know what time of day is it oh why was she there why wasn't she looking after her drink and like things like that why is that the the immediate reaction like it doesn't make any sense almost you see this like another part of the survivor project like she sent a message to the group chat talking about something like this and she was saying with it's only th- this stuff only happens with rape right sexual assault people blaming yeah, the victim like if, if somebody was, got murdered yeah. or somebody got shot you wouldn't say why were you, why weren't you wearing a bulletproof vest like mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. yeah if you were thinking of it as an objective crime then you would always blame the person who committed the crime instead of yes, yes. <laughs> like you'd always but however in cases of rape and sexual assault that happens not to be the case and it just shows the imbalance and injustice between genders as well like the gender bias the justice system has as well that a man would easily you know be exempt from certain things like when he's attacking or being prejudiced towards a woman which is kind of like it's just ridiculous really like why are you so willing to defend a rapist like what's yeah like people don't like don't want to come to terms with their like internalized misogynism, right? Mm-hmm. Same with girls, same with guys. Like they don't want to come to terms with it, so they're just out here blaming survivors. Like please, like. <laughs> and it was even way. shown in it was even shown in statistics that it was like one point five to two percent of um, victims are actually lying. That's the statistic, right? So that means 98% of people who actually come forward with their story or 98% of survivors that come forward with their story are not lying. Mm -hmm. So it just poses the question, why do we put so much emphasis on those that are lying when only 2% maximum actually do it? Literally. Why? They're always doing the most. (laughs) It's very painful to see like someone who has like, come up with that courage to come and like share their story and like they have you know just relived the trauma just by sharing that story and then you have like some kunle from yaba going on like honestly oh, please were you there? why were you there at that time like i don't no disrespect that. to kunle's that are here, sorry you know, feminist kunle's out here that's the first thing that pops into my mind <laughs> <laughs> and also surprisingly though it's not even just like you know that random agbaya like at the side like it's even <laughs> the people that you know like your parents your friends your like, oh, friends like yeah. family, what hurts like, so much exactly people that so, follow the page like you'll be talking exactly. to them and it's like what why do you follow us if you don't even like <laughs> learning like what's the point <laughs> like that's the surprising bit like it's the people that you know the people that you're close to the people that you would expect to know better are the ones saying where where were you at this time what were Mm -hmm. you wearing you know asking all these sorts of questions and it's like well I've just been through this whole traumatic experience and now you're coming to me with a bunch of these questions when I don't really need to relive what I just you know Mm -hmm. same guys that will repost our story on their story like please please make it make sense like don't do all this performative like oh i like i'm against rape if you're if you're gonna in private like disrespect your friends like it doesn't make any sense 
And that's the thing. Like, I guess it switches for some people when it becomes like their friends because they've been enabling them like all this time. And so when it really comes down to what is important and, you know, making this person be accountable for their actions and then they start to look at it from a different perspective. But, oh, why was she there? Why was he there? What were they doing? And things like that. Yes, like, at the end of the day, can we please ask why this guy was raping her? Like, why is that never the question? Mm-hmm. It's always, oh, but, like, she could have done this, but she could have done that. He also could have, like, not been a weird. She could have been respectful. Exactly. And, like, following, you know, the Me Too movement that really was amplified and, like, gained traction in 2017, and I actually learned was actually started in 2006 by <laughs> Tarana Book, and also just the explosion um yeah exactly That's 11 years of people not caring mm-hmm. <laughs> that is horrible sorry yeah continue i didn't know that me too i was really surprised when i was like doing my research and i found that out and it was like it became amplified when Alyssa milano you know put out a tweet about it and also, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was like in 2018, there was the exposure of like several rapists on Twitter and people, a lot yeah, of people coming out with their stories. Yeah. So I actually didn't see any of it. I just heard like through word of mouth, really? which is how was, big it was. I was like watching I, it like unfold. I didn't even have to yeah, <laughs> same. I was watching it unfold and I was like, whoa, like this is so surprising. People mm-hmm. that you know, people that you're exactly. friends with. Like, mm-hmm. And what the astounding thing is that even after all these things came forward, all these girls came forward naming the same people over and over and over again multiple times. You had accusations against you. Yet, there will be that person's group of friends saying, oh no, I know this person. I've known this person since they I was would never do that. They would never do it. They would... And I was like... You eat, sleep, and drink with them. Like, it's <laughs> everything you do. You, you don't know what they're doing when you're not... You obviously don't know them as well as you think you know them because if this is what they're doing behind the scenes, like then you obviously don't know them as well. Like, you don't know what Literally, they're capable of. How can there be, like, multiple, like, allegations against someone and people are out here still trying to justify it? Like, please make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, like, what do you feel like people need to... Because that happened, and then, you know, these conversations started and, like, people started to also, you know, take make people, like, be, be accountable for their actions despite, like, the ones yes. that refused to. But what do you feel like people should do to keep, you know, the momentum and just keep addressing the issues in in their communities? Well, if you wanted to align it with something like the Black Lives Matter movement as well, you'd have to just Mm. keep putting pressure, like continuous pressure, continuous reminders of all the victims or all the survivors this has happened to, like continuous reminders of that this is a current issue and it's still going on because I feel like yeah. often some, when a movement like this comes forward or comes to the forefront we can often like associate it with like a trend like okay yeah it will be somebody has something has just happened and everybody's talking about it for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and then once that trend has gone d- died down or people have just kind of forgotten about it then the issue is no longer talked about like the bigger issue behind it it, it is Literally. no longer talked about just mm-hmm. so I think the conversation it's, alive yeah keep the conversation alive and then also in schools education in schools about sexual assault and your your right to your body is so important especially from a young age Mm -hmm. so you know that it's already instilled in you it's already inbuilt in you that this is wrong like that Mm -hmm. nothing can be said or nothing can be challenged that this is wrong like Mm -hmm. same way you teach children that they shouldn't cheat they shouldn't lie teach them that like consent is very important Mm -hmm. because that's just like overlooked and i feel like 
so many situations okay. could have been avoided if like yeah. children were told that's yeah. not okay at the very very beginning yeah yeah just completely agree because I was even like talking uh, about this with like a friend the other day because it feels like most of the blame is also shifted onto like women because mm-hmm. yeah like even like in in school like I remember like they would only pull us in for that talk things like oh like don't let boys distract you da 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 oh my god like, you know but yeah. like never actually yeah. the boys like it takes two people yeah. To do that. exactly so you have to educate both of those people yeah mm-hmm. like yeah i was i was even speaking to somebody the other day and they said something really like they said something really profound like you can't really tell so obviously as statistics show the majority of people that are you know assaulted are women right so that and the majority of people committing the action happen to be men right Mm -hmm. so you can't only talk to the side that it's happening to to stop it because you know you can't yeah you can't yeah the perpetrators need to be addressed like you can't if the people themselves are not committing the crime you can't tell them to stop committing the crime you have to tell the criminals to stop committing the crime do you know what i mean so that's that's, yeah that's why our issue arises with like the survivor project as well because our audience is mainly female and like we can't just be preaching to females like stop this yeah, like, when it's mostly men doing it like no like yeah, i'm not yeah. trying to paint all men in like a bad light because i know that's what somebody is going to say out there like ah, all men are trash which they are but like we're moving on <laughs> swiftly from that like we need to be talking to them about this like they need to be following our page like they need to yeah, be trying to get educated exactly like it's also a thing of um when you're in school this is for black women especially i feel like in media and everything we see magazines tv black women are so like hypersexualized yeah and i think that also contributes to um in school and when we're learning as well because it's just like i don't know going to nigerian school i've never been to a nigerian school but from what i've seen <laughs> from what i've heard as well like, so like, something you've never experienced. <laughs> no it's like it's like from from what i've seen and what i've heard and maybe it's just african culture in general that yeah. like the teachers especially are so adamant for the girls to be so like sexually Literally. repressed as per dress can't wear this type of hair dress code yeah. here, just, like, you know, like they actually sh- tell people you have to shave your head <laughs> yeah <laughs> like how's my hair stretching my life? like no braids because you might distract people in class exactly <laughs> that's what i'm just like from, from yeah, what i've right. heard from what i've seen like that that enforcing the shame on those women for being like hypersexualized, even though they're like in their primary school or elementary school high school years it's just what's contributing to this also like you should stop shaming women for their natural like something that's natural like their their literally natural being exactly Exactly. like their natural being like that that needs to stop being shamed because it's contributing to all of this really and if you tell like a girl like when she's younger oh don't do braids because you're going to distract this person in class like that's what she's going to grow up knowing like (laughs) you're basically just blaming her literally and that's what's so bad because then people that get sexually assaulted think it's their fault like even exactly. if like yeah. you're telling everybody don't like it's not their fault stop victim blaming when the victim actually blames themselves like what blames themselves where do we go from here like mm-hmm. it yeah like we need to like tell people that like you being you is just completely fine like whatever happens yeah. is not your fault like it's their not fault also- yeah not also that but so many women don't actually know that they've been sexually assaulted until 
like l- years they later, something like, about you don't it. even realize exactly. Just yeah. trauma, trauma upon trauma for women. Like exactly, like, can we live? Idea. Can we actually live? Can we live, please? <laughs> but yeah, it also happens to men. Like not like discounting that side, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I love how you brought up, you know, that human rights, like, being a trend. Like, when that conversation is happening, that's when, like, the performative people, like, jump out and, like, you know, they stay. Oh, my God. And then later on, it's, like, they're really silent. But the fact that I was thinking about this, especially when Tina's stories came out, you know, what happened to them? Yeah. It was, was like, this doesn't mean that rape cases or sexual assault cases have increased in nigeria it just means that they're getting more coverage yeah yeah like what they said about black lives matter like mm-hmm. this stuff isn't happening more it's just getting recorded and stuff like that exactly yeah and the fact and that just... you... continue sorry i was just gonna say like the fact that you know you have to record something and like something so traumatic happening before people can like empathize and you know consider mm-hmm. talking about it is it just it blows my mind yeah and that's also like part of the justice system as well like to say to a sexual assault survivor oh you need evidence to prove that this thing happened to you but Mm -hmm. sometimes since it's really mentally traumatic you don't you don't have the confidence to speak about it till years and years later right so like for example like what happened with brett kavanaugh right like you did she that woman didn't have any confidence to speak about until years and years later when she thought that it was the time for her to come forward about this issue however for the justice system to now be like okay you need to have evidence you need to you know come with all this proof and even when you do provide evidence they're still questioning you like it's just like why is that necessary in order for somebody who committed a crime to be convicted like why is that necessary for um what do you call it why is that necessary for this action to actually have consequences like why do you just automatically just say okay yeah this is wrong (laughs) you what you did was wrong okay jail time finished end of conversation but (laughs) it just takes so long so much evidence so much time so much and especially if it's like years and years later that you're trying to come forward like it's and you obviously won't be able to come forward like as soon as it's happened to you and even then like people still might not believe you so Mm -hmm. what like how can you win basically yes i actually have a question for the host Oh, okay. <laughs> you, it's time. <laughs> how do you feel? Okay, how would you feel about like rapists, like sexual assaulters, like if they didn't get any jail time, like they've been accused, they probably did it, mm-hmm. most likely did it because, you know, in my opinion, guilty before proven innocent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how would you feel about them getting therapy, like, in, like instead of jail time if like they didn't get it? Mm. I feel like there is genuinely like something wrong with people like this and yes, they, yeah. they deserve like rehabilitation yeah so they also do deserve some form of punishment though like i don't definitely <laughs> i don't yeah. like, like since it's like few and far between the guys like the amount of people that like actually get jail time for like their actions like i definitely feel like people should explore this avenue as well of rehabilitation yes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because they, because do, I don't they think, do need help. Yes, I don't think it's talked about enough because obviously, like, you deserve to be angry at these people, like, definitely. But exactly. if we want to make the society safer, if we want to actually, like, you know, improve yeah, stuff, then, like, make change, then we probably should be looking at, like, 
other avenues since like we can't exactly. change the legal system like immediately right mm-hmm. so we should like ourselves should be looking for different avenues to um basically just keep women safe keep men safe as well mm-hmm. yeah keep everybody <laughs> safe basically like <laughs> and i also think that like if and especially in prisons as well like you sh- there should be some form of if you've actually been convicted and people actually know that you've sexually assaulted a mm-hmm. woman or a man or whoever you sexually assaulted there should be um systems in place in within prison for you yes. to seek help as well yeah. because mm-hmm. if it's been proven that you've committed that crime okay yeah sure you know you need help right mm-hmm. so and there's nothing stopping you from like when you get out from not going ahead and doing it again like yeah sure you got caught mm-hmm. this time but it doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't you're not gonna get caught another time especially if you don't seek help like with yes. any other crime like similar with any other crime because at the end of the day these people they're not getting like as much time as they should in jail like exactly. four years is not enough yeah. To- yeah. especially if they're not even in rehab in jail exactly yeah. so like these people come out like and they do the same thing again like how do we like prevent it like let's say we offenders long term prevent like yeah yeah yeah, I just wanted to know your take on that. Thank you. <laughs> I like it when people kind of do that. It like it shocks me, it puts me on the <laughs> I'm really nervous because I'm re- I'm um the one always asking the questions. Yeah. Yeah, but also like going off of, you know, the Me Too movement and how empowering it can be, there's also a different side to it. And that's also like how traumatizing it can be because people have to relive their traumas. So what message would you give to a fellow survivor um i just say like oh yes just you go because i was about to chat shit let me just think about what i want to say first first reach out to the survivor project that's one (laughs) like dm us with your story because we like we've had so many people come to us with their stories just looking for like advice or with like just looking for somebody to just be there for them like people that may not be that you may not know like strangers like sometimes you just need to just repent at all, like everything that's happened to you and knowing that you have a safe space to do that like it doesn't even have to be the survivor project if you know a group or a conglomerate of people like a system of, in place for you to actually go and speak and share your story without judgment then definitely go and seek like some form of attention or just go and speak to them because you'll find that it really helps you in the end. like you'll find that yeah. everybody that's come to the survivor project has felt so much better afterwards because they've they've gotten I mean, that from huge bit of their chest yeah from what we know yeah mm-hmm. they've gotten that huge Try bit this. of their chest of finally like <laughs> saying something you know like they feel empowered by saying something and then having the safety net of supportive people there to like be there for you and listen to you and you know not judge you everything and then yeah, just also, on top of that. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, just yeah. quickly, you can go on again. But um, definitely seek like professional advice as well. Like we're not professionals. Like we definitely yeah. don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we're just like talking to you as if we we were your friend. Like this is how we would yeah. advise our friends. And but that's if you where need like help, do Warif and it. the Mirable Center come in. Yes. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we always refer you to like professional <laughs> professionals. Honestly, well. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, Jess, you were saying. Also, addition to to coming forward to a safe space of people like you need to take time with yourself to have that like you you need to sit down with yourself basically and just 
kind of understand exactly what's happened to you and then understand that you are not to blame that's Mm -hmm. something that's so key because if you start blaming yourself there's a whole chain of things that can happen like we've heard of people who have secondhand issues such as like bulimia anorexia all these types of things like that kind of develop by you blaming yourself and then it really affects your body image or the image that you portray yourself as like so you need to sit down with yourself as well mentally and maybe that's where the professional help comes in as well but you need to deal with that yourself and really hone in on that so that no secondhand issues develop from you not dealing from it properly really yeah and on top of that like you should remember that everybody grieves differently that like you can take as much time as you need or as little time as you need to recover to start speaking about what happened to you like some people can like say it immediately like some people can't you know don't feel like you're like recovery process should be the same as somebody else's and also like about what you were saying about like um the me too movement and them posting their stuff don't ever feel pressured to like um say what happened to you Mm -hmm. but like know that if you do like you're you might be helping somebody else like Mm -hmm. that and you have a whole village behind you yeah exactly you haven't like people will i don't know like relate you'll have like a lot of people like relating to you and um exactly feeling like empowered by your story as well Mm -hmm yeah and if you're checking checking the statistics about how how much this actually does happen to people like it's not like you're going to be alone that that feeling of alone is very common when when this sort of thing happens to you but you just always have to remember that you're not alone that this thing is so common it's happened to so many people that if you do come forward there's going to be a huge amount of people a lot more than you expected just waiting there for you to like you know console you and be there for you Mm -hmm. and i was also saying that um like if you come forward like with like names and everything that that might prevent that person from doing it to somebody else as well so yeah just like keep that in mind yeah like I also really like how you talked about you know nobody can tell you how to grieve because healing is not a linear process and like I feel like that's something that we don't address enough because you know some (laughs) days you might feel like you're okay and like the next day might trigger you and like it might Mm -hmm. all come crashing down but like you know never forget there are always people like you know in the survivor project to support you and be there for you and be (laughs) that safe space so yeah that's completely right like you might think oh like everything is going well like don't think your recovery process has been like set back by one bad day just keep going keep checking like you'll get there Mm -hmm. and it might not even be a destination it's just a journey to be fair Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, don't think of it like as oh I need to get to like a destination at the end of the day just like living with yeah. it like living with the trauma is like accomplishment enough like it's not easy but it's so necessary like for you to heal yourself because like you don't even know what can happen if you don't like so it's just so necessary for you to heal yourself that journey will be so much worth so much so much so worth it once you've finished mm-hmm. as well like or once you've gone through it like you'll find yourself in a such better place than you were at the beginning or when it happened so i think it's so necessary for you to try and seek help or heal yourself in any way that you see is best for you Mm -hmm. and like going off of that i also wanted to talk about you know the topic of forgiveness because um i just kind of like put out on my story like any questions that people would like me to ask you guys and one that i received like the most was you know what are your opinions on someone who's accused of some form of sexual assault and they've a public um they've apologized both publicly and privately 
do you think that they should still remain ostracized or do you think that the power remains with the victim? Oh, sorry, with the survivor. Yeah, I think um, for the survivor projects, like even with within our group, like this is why, yeah. like, like people have, we have like all different, different views opinions. Yeah. I personally don't think they should be ostracized um, by like society and everything. Because at the end of the day, the, um, I think it's the victim's um, responsibility, not responsibility, but like it's in the their, choice. like whether it's their choice. Like if they want to forgive them, they forgive them. At the end of the day, people also shouldn't be um, like in the survivor's business. Like, yeah. like how do I say this? But yeah, let's say the um, the victim has forgiven this sexual assault, right? And like how will like how can the public still be like on him or like on him or her? Like let's say the victim wants to move past it as well. Like and she's reminded every day by people like oh yeah, um, like so I don't understand. Literally, yes. It just yeah. it's it's like they're always bringing up her name in relation to him. Like what if she just wants that to like that part to be over? Yeah. It's confusing yeah. for me why people think like what they're doing is helpful. It like yeah, that's just my personal I, take on it. I think that I agree with what Ola said, like it's completely the survivor's choice, whether she forgives the person, whether she not, she doesn't forgive the person. And yeah. that should be a reflection of how everybody else sees it as well. Like if the survivor has forgiven the person, moved on, then, you know, everybody else should move on. Um, but I also think that in terms of like public forgiveness, it also depends on when the, the, person who committed the crime actually does apologize in my opinion so for instance like if somebody comes forward and the, everybody has found out what the criminal has done what the assaulter has done and then you now come forward and you're like oh oops, sorry like you know it, to me personally I don't really believe that that's really genuine but if the mm -hmm. action has just been committed the action has just happened and then you should it's then that you should go forward and be like oh yeah i'm sorry that i did this to you i actually because then you can feel the genuine nature of the apology but if it's mm -hmm. just like a fake public like apology then i just don't even believe that it's warranted like i don't even think that it's necessary like rather than yeah. that i for me personally like if it ever happened to me i'd rather the apology be real and genuine instead of a fake apology and then just for you know just yeah, but, to be like, oh yeah, we forgive you. Realistically, like, what rapist is gonna rape somebody and then the next day be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I, like, make a public statement that. about like them <laughs> raping somebody. Like, I nobody's gotta do that. And like, the rapist, like, you know, like, I don't like rapists are honestly like crazy to me because like, if you kill somebody or if you like steal something from somebody. Like that's like a quick thing. Like rape is not lot. It's not short. Like you, you, like you must be like very like like you must be sure of what you're doing. Is what I think. Yeah. You must be like certain like of what you're doing. So mm -hmm. even the next day, they would not apologize to the victim. Like if because they would think like what they're doing is fine. Like they don't think what they're doing is wrong. Is what I think. Yeah. And that's yeah, why that's I think oh, rehabilitation is like what we need to do because like. They don't think what they're doing is bad until people call them out for it. And they're like, yeah. oh shit, like I actually did something bad. Yeah. Like, but that's why I yeah, think like even if it's after everybody knows and people are calling him out and he apologizes like genuinely, like obviously yeah. there's no way we can know that he's apologized genuinely. But there's no no point in driving somebody to the point of like suicide yeah. with like But I also do think that 
messages jail time but personally i also do think that jail time should kind of be like the end like i don't want to say the end of it because obviously you know there's still effects Mm -hmm. of it after you know that person has been jailed and everything but there are so many people that don't actually get jail time for what what they've done that i feel that once you've Mm -hmm. gone through that process you've been committed you've been to prison that afterwards there's nothing really much more you can do to say sorry or come forward you know do you know what I mean like there's nothing really more much more you can do like you can't be like oh you can't still be hating on that person for doing something when they've already received all the possible consequences and sometimes victims don't want to press charges so that's what I'm saying like you know like in our team not team but like our age group doesn't like because I don't even know why but like a lot of people like if they get like sexually assaulted or something they don't press charges so um that's why like people think like jungle justice or like cancel cult like canceling them is like the best option yeah but like the reason i'm saying like oh um i don't think it's effective and i don't think it's necessary like after a point in time like i think initially like holding them accountable is very important but like giving them hate is like a completely different thing in my opinion because yeah like you know like recently what happened with that with that guy in lagos which one the video that bella sent us let me oh yeah 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 yeah. but somebody recently in lagos committed a suicide because Mm -hmm. um he got um accused of being a rapist Mm -hmm. and obviously we'll never know like what happened and but like even if like if he did it but like i just you know i I hate talking about stuff like after he died but like in reality like if he was still alive i'd say like he like if he did it yes he should have been held accountable but like i don't know yeah. why he was like i don't think he should have been driven to the point of suicide in my personal opinion yeah mm. because that doesn't like, help that person that doesn't either. help anybody because yeah, now the victim them. probably thinks oh like when i came out with my story and now he's dead and people are mad because people are angry that he's dead yeah because like they'll the come for the victim and it just doesn't, exactly it doesn't and it's just horrible everyone. because yeah. like and yes, and because the victim was anonymous as well, people um, are trying to say like the Twitter page that posted it was like lying. Mm-hmm. But and they're coming yeah. up with like conspiracy theories, like oh, um, the boy that like the girl that runs the page like was rejected by the boy or something stupid like that. Like in my personal opinion, if people like if the public didn't like like stayed out of this whole thing, the it would be so much easier for people to believe the survivors yeah i know yeah but that's just my personal take on it yeah but i definitely think that what we said at the beginning that forgiveness is up to the survivor the yes. Forgiveness yes. because also it will help the survivor get over what just happened to them as well mm-hmm. hope so people are accountable but like <laughs> at the end of the day it's between the it's between the the survivor and the um rapist so mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was like quite. That was quite deep, but yeah. Yeah, I was just like processing it. You know, like I've been nodding a lot behind the camera. No, no, no. <laughs> we just turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> what steps would you say that you know the Survivor Project is taking to create that safe space for sexual assault survivors? 
I feel like we have so many ideas. Like we, the things that we have right now that we haven't even come forward with yet. Like, can we, can we, can we say on like all the? Stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just making sure. I mean, but I yeah. know, to be fair, like, okay, yeah. So we have we're developing vocational programs in partnerships with some schools to try and get people educated about this issue from a young, young age as well. And then we that's, also that's have, what we're looking into. That like some of these aren't finalized, but like something that's like more finalized, just I think is about to talk about. Um, what the response. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You can talk about the restaurants. I'll just talk okay. about the vacation chain. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, you talk about the vacation chain. I'll just talk about this. Okay, yeah. So we just shared the load. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah, we're also buying like wristbands because I think I you I think everybody by now has heard of these things where you can put nail polish on your like a specific nail polish on your nails and then you dip it in your drink to see if it's been spiked or not. So I think mm-hmm. we came up with the idea of the the wristband version because you know we also are aware that this does actually happen to boys as well and you know there are some boys that obviously don't wear nail polish so we wanted to give the um wristbands to people who do throw like um parties and events and everything like because you know like during for instance christmas in nigeria or in lagos like it's party season like everybody's having events and parties every day right or whatever so we're gonna do partnerships with people who are actually throwing the events to give them the wristbands and say okay at the door just give everybody one so that they know that you know just they know if their drink has been spiked or not they can use it free of charge and stuff because i think some mm -hmm. Because I think some people already do it, but like they charge money for you yeah. to like, purchase the restaurant, but these are free. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the vocational training. Yeah. Basically, um, a member of the Survivor Project came up with this idea of us um, training like the people that come to the Mirabelle Center because it's not a like house. It's basically like you come, you drop in, and then you like speak to people, like you okay. speak to a consultant I don't have to like say it I don't know like the correct word or like the correct <laughs> term but yeah you, you come in and then you leave it's not like a stay-in type thing and we thought it would be really useful if we could um provide the younger um women that come into this um facility with vocational training for them to like get like a like let get yeah, for them to get a job because like a lot of them are like unemployed so mm-hmm. we thought like it would be more empowering for them if like we trained them in something and then they could like um to de- develop a career in that aspect so right now we have i think like 12 people that are in the program so we're really excited about where that's going mm-hmm. i'm really excited to see like the progress too just like, kind of as it unfolds and as you guys announce that as well so i can't yeah, wait same. to see you know your <laughs> we've just announced it you're the bearer of good news but thank you guys um and thank you so much for also talking about, you know, how education is the key to real societal um, change, apart from keeping these conversations alive and also just like the importance of normalizing consent. So before yes. we wrap up the episode, the last thing that I would like to ask you guys is, do you have a final message to any survivors that are listening right now? Um, I don't have anything like very eloquent, like I have to say, like have you seen probably throughout the, the podcast, I'm not very good with my words. <laughs> no, you are, yeah. you are. I just like, it's probably just a message like you're good enough, you're amazing. Like yeah. don't let what's happened to you in the past define you, only grow like from here on out. That's my message. 
Thank you. Jess, do you have one? <laughs> Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize I was still muted. Anyway, but yeah, I just, anything I would say to survivors is just keep talking about it keep sharing your story if you feel comfortable to keep pushing this issue because it's bigger than yourself you know we really want to hone in on actual change you know we really want to stop this from happening so everybody that can keep coming forward and sharing their story helping other survivors helping small programs like us like survivor project or even helping bigger organizations like work mirabas center in any way that you can is just what's best for us right now mm -hmm. so that we can actually go forward with actual change yeah. yes and also just message us we love it when you message yeah. us <laughs> we really we really love it we always respond quickly like <laughs> yes it's speedy like we fight over, <laughs> we fight over <laughs> but we honestly just like yeah i love talking to you guys meeting you guys exactly so you're always welcome to come to us if you feel like it yeah thank you guys so so much for coming on the podcast but thank you for having thank us <laughs> like actually thank you so much of course <laughs> really like i said before like i love what you guys are doing and i was really excited to talk about this with you guys today um and just you know try and educate people who need this or, yes period yeah. also people like let people, yeah. it's just so peak, but it's what it is. let people know that there's that safe space that um there's those people that you can always turn to you're never alone so thank yeah. you guys for what you're doing and thank you again so so much for coming on the podcast thank, thank you. you this has been thank so you fun much. thank you so much thank you guys so much for listening to this episode all the links to their socials and i don't know if you guys have any GoFundMe's yeah. that people can donate to Output oh yes everything oh no we recently closed it we recently closed it oh yeah we closed it but we have like other things as well yeah uh, you yeah. can send me all the links and i'll put them in the description below sure there'll thing. be links to the mirabal center and to warif and i'll try and put as many resources as i can find so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode i hope you come back again to hear from me thank you thank you for listening <laughs>